This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. A vast number of Americans live in small cities and towns, where citizens volunteer to serve on local boards and commissions. How effective are they at making decisions when it comes to zoning, planning, and other important matters? It's these boards and commissions that I study that sort of are on the front lines of dealing with these growth challenges, and that's why I think it's important to understand how these entities operate. Then, the Americans with Disabilities Act is considered a major piece of civil rights legislation. We'll talk to an expert to get the surprising story of how the law came into existence. In those days, you couldn't maneuver the streets, you couldn't hold a job, you couldn't take the subway or train. Nothing was accessible, and that is part of your civil rights. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's InfoTrack. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you live in one of America's smaller cities or towns, chances are the people serving on your local boards and commissions are volunteers. How are these people recruited? And how do they make decisions? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey talked with an expert to get the answers. Roy? Thank you, Chris. We're talking with Dr. Rob Baker. He's a professor of political science at Wittenberg University in Springfield, Ohio, and the author of Government in the Twilight Zone, Volunteers to Small City Boards and Commissions. Now, you examine how local government works in smaller cities and towns across America, and that comprises a pretty substantial percentage of the overall population, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Actually, this is a little surprising to me when I started the research. 97% of all American cities that are incorporated anyway are ones with populations of fewer than 50,000 people. So millions of us are experiencing civic life in these cities, and we just don't really know a lot about them. So your book is based on several surveys across several states. Let's start with just what those surveys were looking at. Sure. There were three waves of surveys. Two waves dealt with asking members of boards and commissions, like planning commissions and park boards, about why they volunteered to serve on these commissions, what their experiences were like, what they thought of their experiences. I did an initial wave in the early 1990s with just Ohio cities, then wanted to expand that. So about a decade later, I included five more states, Maine, Minnesota, South Carolina, Arkansas, and Arizona to expand the database and to get a little bit more information about these cities. So those were the two waves of the board members. And then about a decade later, as I was finishing up the book project, I wanted to see what the city council members and mayors thought about these boards in these cities because they have final decision-making authority, of course, on most policy issues, but they rely on these entities for a lot of advice. And so in 2012, I did a survey of these 60 cities, mayors, and council members. I think many people believe that government in smaller cities is basically the good old boys network. Is that true or false? Well, in some instances, I think there's probably some truth to it. But um, I grew up in a small town. I managed a small town in my early career. Um, went to college in a small town. And having researched them, a lot of the cities are vibrant and they're not controlled by good old boys. There's a lot of diversity in terms of leadership. And certainly members of these boards are fairly diverse although I think the typical board member is a 52-year-old white male, but 30% of the board members are actually female and quite a lot of diversity there, at least in terms of gender and economic status. 
There are so many smaller entities in local governments, planning commissions and parking recreation boards and so forth. What motivates people to serve on these arms of local government? That was one of the, that's a good question, one of the central questions that I had when I started the research. And there's a set of arguments in the literature about the fact that people don't get into politics unless they see that there's something in it for them, and this is called incentive theory. And previous research has shown that people get involved, such as volunteering for boards and commissions, if they have a purpose in mind or a goal they want to accomplish or they want to meet more people or get to know others in the community or they see a potentially a material benefit such as a promotion in their job or maybe they get paid and the pay is something that motivates them or they simply want to improve their own skills so there's a developmental incentive or for many people there's a service motivation they want to help the community and give back so those five selective incentives if you will or motivations were pretty important I'm sure there are thousands of variations across the country, but are most of these positions generally appointed as opposed to elected? Yes, most of them, the vast majority of them are appointed. There are very few elected members of planning commissions or park boards. These are primarily appointed by members of the city council, or in the case of a mayor council city, frequently it's the mayor who has appointment power. He or she would do all the official appointment. But the recruitment of these people is a difficult thing. And when I surveyed the mayors and counselors, one of the things I probed was how difficult they thought it was to recruit these folks. And 75% of the respondents said that it was very difficult or somewhat difficult to find people to agree. What do you suppose the biggest misperception is about local government today? Well, I think in terms of small towns, a misperception is that they're dying or they're dead. Now, some are dying and some have sort of faded away. But in the last couple of decades, demographic research and my own research has shown that cities are not only alive, but they're thriving and they're experiencing a lot of the growth challenges that we typically associate with larger cities. And it's these growth and development challenges that are associated with large corporations like Walmart or big box stores coming in, creating controversy or locations of prisons or even migrations of largely Hispanic populations, primarily in the Midwest, for example, that create challenges and tensions in these towns. And it's these boards and commissions that I study that sort of are on the front lines of dealing with these growth challenges. And that's why I think it's important to understand how these entities operate. And, you know, they operate in what I call the twilight zone of local government because They get very little fanfare. There's not a lot of media attention. In fact, a lot of people don't know about them, even in their own communities, but they're playing a very important role. So I think the biggest misconception for small towns, anyway, is that they're sort of sleepy little places of not much activity, and that's really far from the truth. If someone is listening thinking, you know, maybe I have something to contribute to my local community, but I just don't know the right people or who to talk to to get involved, what advice would you offer them? A couple of things. First of all, they could get in touch with one of their members of the city council or the mayor and talk to them about what opportunities might exist on the advisory commissions and boards in their community. Or they could, usually there's, most governments these days have a website and they can see when these entities are meeting and they could go attend the meetings and get a sense of how they operate. They're always trying to recruit new members, and so they could volunteer, or they could go on the website. A lot of communities have official application processes. They could fill out an application and kind of wait for an opening, so to speak. Those are the two most 
probably fruitful ways to get involved in these kinds of entities. Dr. Rob Baker, a professor of political science at Wittenberg University in Springfield, Ohio, and the author of Government in the Twilight Zone. Rob, thank you again for joining us on InfoTrack. It was a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for being interested in my book. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mack. Next, the surprising story of how the Americans with Disabilities Act came to be. That interview, straight ahead. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.